good morning. Welcome back to the broadcast for Retirement Network. This is BRN AM for Thursday, January 4th, 2024. At our top story today, a national financial literacy report card shows some states are improving. Joining me now to discuss this and a lot more, John Pelletier is the director for the Center for Financial Literacy at Champlain College. John, great to see you. Thanks so much for joining us on the program this morning. Thanks for having me. Yeah, uh, this is a real important topic. As we were talking off, off camera or offline or in the green room, the virtual green room, uh, financial literacy is a big part of what BRN does. I know it's really big for the center as well. And I want to start off by asking you, um, when you look around the U.S. and there has been big push around the United States in the 50 states and local, local school systems to push financial literacy uh, education, how are we doing overall? Uh, it depends what you're measuring. Uh, you know, if you're if you're looking at how how did the class of 2023, which is what my report measures, how did they do? Uh, okay, uh, you know, we have seven states in the nation that required for the class of 2023 that students take a standalone half year course exclusively uh, related to personal finance topics as a high school graduation requirements. So, so what's exciting isn't so much what's happened because it hasn't moved a lot. Uh, you know, I, I've been uh, started our center in 2010 and we've done reports in 2013, 15, 17, and 23. And the movement has been, you know, from maybe like three states to five states, to five states, to seven states. So if, if you look at it based on those reports, you'd go, this is going glacially slow. But what's happening right now, which is really exciting, is, uh, and I, I would say most of it is attributable to a post-pandemic push, is, is this giant push for regulations and laws that are going to require many more students to take uh, personal finance as a high school graduation requirement. The problem is when you create a new graduation requirement, it takes years to implement. Right. It's, so if you passed it today, it might apply to the grade nine class entering the next academic year in 2024 in the fall. So that's like a four year or five year lead time before before it's implemented. So when you look at all the laws and regulations on the books that haven't been fully implemented, but have been passed, uh, we are we when when our report came out on December 1st there were 23 states in the nation that were going to require by the class of 2028 or before students take a standalone course in personal finance or it's equivalent to graduate from high school. Now that report came out on December 1st based on August 31st data. You got to kind of put a stick in it somewhere. Literally, you know, we're sitting here you know, doing doing this report before the end of December, literally my report is already out of date. Uh, uh, on December 4th, I believe it was, our report came out on the 1st or, or December 6th. Uh, the Wisconsin governor signed uh, a, a bill that got passed by the Senate and sent him on November 30th into law. So Wisconsin joined the mix. And last week, Pennsylvania did. So even since my report came out, it now looks like by probably around 2030, uh, 25 states are going to have this very substantive standalone personal high school class graduation requirement. 
And I would say that it was because of the center's work that those other governors signed those bills into law. But that's just my personal I, opinion. I, 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 a lot of people, a lot of people have. have I, been, I'm, I'm, I do think that our reports have been helpful in identifying what other states are doing. Sure. And that was the reason we created the report. Be, yeah. You know, because I, I would run into it saying, well, we can't do that. And it's like, well, other states are doing it. And and, and then the question is, well, how, how do they do it? And, and so really, you know, we live in a great country with 50 states plus D.C. That's what we measure. There's 51 data points in our report. And each state is is its unique test tube. And I, and I can tell you that um, there is no one what right one right way to get this done. It's done very different in every state. Uh, um, and, and so we're, we're, we're moving forward. There's also a lot of grade B states when those are states, uh, an example would be like New York state, New York state requires every student take an economics course as a graduation requirement. And, uh, what they do is, uh, they create standards that that class is supposed to cover. And part of that half-year course, half-year economic course includes personal finance standards it's not a lot, right? It's at most 15 hours in, in New York State of a 60-hour seat time half-year course in the classroom. Uh, but that's that's pretty good. And, and so we have B states as well. You know, my favorite B state is Texas, right? So I'll tell you what Texas does, which uh, is, is exciting. They uh, had for many years a, a, an econ course and uh, about 15 hours of that econ course was allocated toward personal finance. And uh, um, so about you know a quarter of the course. And they literally passed the law and said, all right, so every student has to take this econ class to graduate, but we're going to give them two options. One is the course is going to be 75% economics and 25% personal finance, or they can choose to take the one that's 75% personal finance and 25% economics. So it's driven by the student, it's driven by the parents. Uh, Texas also requires every high school in, in, in the state to offer a standalone personal finance elective. And what's really cool, they even have uh, in their legislation a requirement that personal finance be taught in certain grades uh, in math, right? Because you can really teach Mathematics is personal finance, particularly Absolutely. you know anything algebra one and below. So it's it's uh, uh, so there there are states that are going about this in so many different ways, and and uh, we can learn so much by trying to understand what everyone's doing, Be, because what what works in one state for uh, political reasons might not work in another. But there there are plenty of models that there's a model for everyone in, in, in our report. Yeah. Uh, John, I need to take a very quick break. When we come back, we'll talk more about financial literacy requirements in states. You're going to want to stay tuned right here on BRN. Imagine a new television network that will make you richer, healthier, and in control of your financial future.
This network is for the policewoman in Nashville, Tennessee, the baker in Dubuque, Iowa, the teacher in Lexington, Kentucky. We want to make the idea of savings and retirement culturally relevant. But what do you see as a defining issue of the midterms? Especially for the smaller businesses, I mean, they are the lifeblood of the American economy. Featuring exclusive interviews, current affairs, and docu-series. 33 yeah. years old, you retired early. The philosophy is money only matters if it helps you live a life that you love. But you gotta start thinking about retirement as soon as you get in. The Broadcast Retirement Network will drive very high engagement with premium partnerships. So this isn't retirement and savings for your parents or grandparents. This is for all Americans. And we're gonna change the way you think about money. Welcome to the next frontier of retirement and savings. This is BRN, the Broadcast Retirement Network. Well, John, thanks so much for staying with us. Really appreciate you hanging around for segment number two this morning. Thanks. Uh, John, really important report. And, you know, I, I would say from you and I are come, come from the same cloth, come from the retirement and financial services industry. It, the industry, our industry is moving glacially. Um, and it seems like in some cases, this is moving glacially, probably a little frustrating for parents and uh, for those of us who are advocates and want more financial literacy. Are there things that parents can do? So, so say you live in a state or you live in a district uh, that doesn't offer a financial literacy class, but you want your son, daughter to be able to learn this because reading, writing, arithmetic, history, financial literacy, financial math, right? I mean, it's, it's important. So are there steps you can take to help move this from glacial and speed it up a little bit? Yeah, I mean, there, there are plenty of states, right, where this isn't required at all. I mean, two big states that we give a great F to are uh, California and, and, and Massachusetts. And in, in California right now, there's a group that's working very, very hard to get a uh, election referendum uh, that would, would be on the ballot uh, this November. I fully expect that to happen based on what I'm hearing, that, that you'll be seeing that in California. Uh, but what can a parent do locally if, if you live in a, a, a school district uh, that, to your knowledge, uh, or a state, to your knowledge, doesn't require your high school student to take this? The first thing is find out, do they have an elective course? Uh, many, many uh, high schools offer uh, an elective course in personal finance. Uh, and then it's really up to you as a parent with your child to say, I want you to allocate one of your electives to that course. Uh, unfortunately, you, you just as likely you could be in a school district that doesn't even have an elective, you know, or a high school that doesn't have an elective. And at that point, uh, you know, I think reach out to your school board members, reach out to the superintendent, uh, you, know, you know, reach out to your principal of the high school and say, you know, how can we get more personal finance education uh, uh, to to my to my child? Uh, because you know, I measure state policy in this report, so it's really only what a state requires every high school to sure. do. In every state, even those that get an F, there is a subset uh, of of schools that have put um, local school district graduation requirements higher than the state. Generally, the regulations work in such a way that 
states set a minimum standard for what a diploma means, but they can add more on top. And some local jurisdictions, because of uh, the advocacy of parents, the advocacy of teachers, the advocacy of school board members, superintendents, principals, they, they go out there and do this. The problem with that is there's an equity issue. Uh, studies have looked at in states where you're not mandated to offer it, what's the school district look like that is creating this local graduation mandate on its own without being forced to do so by the state? And what we find is they're overwhelmingly uh, supermajority white school districts and they're overwhelmingly rich school districts. And, and that's where it's not, in my mind, fear. And that's why it has to be uh, for everyone, regardless of race, ethnicity, or socioeconomic background. So, John, is it important, it sounds like it is, that you should have to have the requirement and not just make an, an elective? Because if I were a parent, and, and granted, there are single-parent homes, there are kids that maybe don't have parents and they're living with grandparents, significant others, but... It would seem to me that if I'm an advocate for my child in some way, shape, or form, I would want them to at least have the experience. And I can't think of a child who is in their early teens that doesn't know something that money is important and would, would want to take a course. So I guess my question is, do you have to have it be mandatory in order for a financial literacy course to be successful? Are they, are they mutually exclusive or are they necessary? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, there you'll you'll come across the occasional elective that's really kind of caught on fire, and and it's usually because it's a dynamic uh, educator that's teaching that course, and so that teacher might be doing three or four of these a year, which might cover 60-70% of the students that graduate from high school uh, taking that course on an elective basis. The reality is that's not really, that doesn't happen very frequently. An elective generally means it's offered once a year mm -hmm. uh, or sometimes once every two years. And, and, and what that means is, you know, you're lucky if 20% of the students ever take that elective before they graduate. So an elective means a super majority of your students in general are leaving without ever taking it. So it's, it's, it's not, uh, an elective is better than nothing but it's not gonna solve the problem. And, 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 and you know, the reality is, you know, when people say, gee, do we really want schools to be doing this? Here's all I know. I know that not a day will go by after a student graduates from high school and they either go into the workforce, they go into the military, or they go after some, some level of post-secondary degree, whether it's a certification program, community college, four-year college. Not a day will go by that they don't think about money for the rest of their life, how to make it, how to spend it, how to save it. And so, but but I do know there will be many days that go by when they're not probably going to be thinking about differential equations. Yeah, well, that's that's a good that's a good point. And I know the the report didn't cover this, John, but you know, I, I'm 50 years old, 51 years old. I don't know everything there is about money. There are things that I forget. Is there a need uh, and again, the report didn't cover this, but like for colleges, universities, co community colleges, uh, even as adults to get refreshers, like maybe you can't make those things mandatory, but at least offer them. I, I, I bet you there are people my age that would love to go back and get refreshed about credit card debt or, you know, how to budget. I, you know, there are things you forget along the way. So the Department of Treasury, uh, it's one of its key recommendations 
as to what should be done with regard to uh, uh, topics of this nature, financial literacy topics of this nature, uh, and post-secondary degree institutions. They said everybody should require it. And, and uh, you know, we couldn't buy a rule, literally a rule made by the Department of Education tomorrow, say, say that everyone who takes out a student loan has to get, you know, one credit, two credits, three credits in personal finance. That this is this could this could be done tomorrow. The fact that it's not when we're looking at a you know 1.8 trillion dollars in student debt, I think is is shocking. Uh, uh, but but it, it doesn't require legislation. It, it there there are rules today. Kids go through what's called entrance and exit counseling, and entrance counseling is kind of this online thing that you do that nobody remembers. If you ask a student, do you remember getting trained on student loans? And when you leave. You want to, if you're a college and you want to meet your student loan education obligations, you just send a pamphlet on all the repayment options to the last known non-campus address of the student. I mean, that's not that's not really that's not really effective. No, it's not effective at all. It's not. It, 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 it's not effective. I mean, I guess you know, I, I need to wrap up the interview, but I, I do think that we're making progress, glacial as it is, but this is still a pervasive problem in our society. People. In, of all ages don't know how to use money or they're forgetting things. And it seems it would benefit society as a whole if people just got a little bit of a refresher. John, we're going to have to leave it there. Great to talk to you. Thanks so much for joining us. And we look forward to having you back on the program again very soon. Great. Thanks very much. And that wraps up this episode of BRNAM. Have a topic of interest, someone you think we should talk to? Drop us a line. And don't forget, for all the latest curated news and lifestyle, wellness, finance, tech, so much more in all in one place. Check out today's edition of our daily newsletter, The Morning Pulse. Want to search our archives, check out our latest content? Visit our website. We're back again tomorrow with another edition of BRNAM. We have a very special guest. Until then, I'm Jeff Snyder. Stay safe. Keep on saving. Don't forget, roll with the changes. Now is your opportunity to co-create content around any topic on the first lifestyle and wellness network. Reach a global audience through our platform and co-own exclusive branded content. All of our programs are available on demand and also as audio only podcasts so you can take us on the go. Broadcast Retirement Network, available anytime, anywhere, and on any device.